Welcome to the Chin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journeys Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some excess baggage, so stay with us until the end. So I know for both of us, we have been a nervous wreck thinking about our clients traveling, thinking about booking. And on one hand, it's super exciting that we're booking clients now and that people are actually traveling on their trip. But on the other hand, it's like, can we just get some shots, please? Like (laughs) shots of something to calm our nerves. And this is something that I've seen on all, not all, but almost all the Facebook groups Mm -hmm. for travel advisors. It's a very similar sentiment. Yeah. How are you handling this? Um, shots. No. <laughs> Tums and shots. <laughs> uh, I was telling you that I booked nine trips on Monday. It was insane. It was, you know, I almost forgot what that feels like. And the amount of stress and nervousness that came with that was unwelcome, frankly. I, I was telling you that I feel more uncomfortable, more stressed out now than when travel came to a screeching halt. Like, it is a lot of pressure. There are so many horror stories that we're seeing in these Facebook groups that I'm, I'm like revamping my email templates and my workflows almost daily because all I can think of is I cannot change what's happening right now. How can I get in front of it? How can I be proactive to make sure my clients know what to expect? Because if they know there's not going to be the, you know, the shock and like, how dare you, but we're seeing such a trend of people being more picky, more expectations, or they're having more expectations. Um, It is, a really strange phenomenon and we've never experienced anything like this. So we don't have any experience to draw upon <laughs> how to handle it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like pre COVID one of the things that travel advisors had to do was really to manage those ex- expectations mm-hmm. because a lot of times our clients would complain about things because it wasn't what they expected. Yes. And so now with COVID and I really appreciated you mentioning like getting ahead of the issues, because if you just, Let people know right in the discovery call that, hey, listen, I know you guys want to travel and you haven't gone on vacation for, you know, a year and a half, two years maybe, but there's a chance if you're traveling next year and especially this year, things are not going to be what they were like pre-COVID. Right. And I just had a discovery call yesterday. It was funny because it was a lady who had reached out to me in 2016 when I first started my business ghosted me. Um, did she, I didn't quote her or anything. Like we were supposed to have a call scheduled. She didn't pick up and she never called me back in 2016. It was August of 2016. And I followed up with her like a couple weeks later when it was already September, nothing. Then last week she sends me a message and she's like, Hey, we're ready to book our family vacation now to Italy. And I'm like, five years later, (laughs) And I, part of me couldn't believe it's already been five years. And second, I'm like, who is this lady? Like, I don't remember her at all. But in the discovery call, 
I just told her they wanted to go uh, this November. And I just said, you know, one of the things I want to be clear about is it's very important for you to expect the unexpected and to be flexible just in case things change. And I'll be here to help you manage those changes. But I just want you to be aware that this is part of traveling right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're okay with that, then we can, of course, move forward. And they were fine with it. Like, yeah, we definitely understand. And we're glad to have you in our corner. So using your tip of getting ahead of the issues, it might be an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's way better to have it in the beginning before anything begins than Mm -hmm. having it when they're experiencing whatever it is that's that's going to come back on you. Yeah, That's right. And even if you're past that point, you've got people booked and suddenly you're seeing all these issues arise. It's not too late. I mean, you should be communicating, communicating with your clients as you lead up to the trip anyway. So you can start setting those expectations as long as Mm -hmm. they understand before they depart, it's not too late. (laughs) Right. They show up and it's not what they're expecting. There's almost nothing you can do to unring that bell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a lot of folks, they don't want to reschedule for a later time because Mm -hmm. some things are time sensitive. Like for this family trip, their daughter's going to college. Yep. And it's not, they're not delaying her going to college for a year. So it's very time sensitive. So, or they're just knowing that, yeah. Like, I need to travel. I have not been anywhere. But when it's that case, then you can talk about which destination are we choosing for this trip? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. what else do you have in mind that might be a better fit, maybe? Or, um, and I'm not trying to discourage people from traveling right now but I also don't want to set myself in them up for a disaster. So just need right. to have those conversations. And I think in most cases people will say, yeah, I still want to go. But the point is you've prepared them for what to expect. One person who's currently traveling right now, and she's a friend of the podcast, Allie Pierce. Uh-huh. If you are not watching her Instagram stories while she's traveling the Greek islands with her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they went back to the mainland, like seriously check out, her content. Like if you need some on the ground experience right now, Ali does such a great job detailing everything. And in saying that, now you know what kind of information your clients might be looking out for whenever you go traveling. So check out her stuff. I'm learning so much about these islands that I never, you know, we know Santorini and Mykonos, but she's going to these smaller islands that a lot of us don't really know about. So definitely an interesting account to check out if you guys haven't done so already. Yeah. Online is where you're going to find the most current travel information. I was just talking about this the other day, how I pay a pretty good chunk of money for a membership each month to Travel 42 because I can't live without those vetted reviews. Mm -hmm. However, they're not very useful to me right now because we need updated post or pre, during and post COVID reviews you know, like there's one resort in St. Thomas that was always pretty good and apparently not anymore. And it's so confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hate not having that tool as a really solid resource right now. Um, but we are where we are. So we just have to yeah. do our best. <laughs> yep. That's what we have to do. Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. 
So cruising is back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is back and it seems to be going pretty well. But speaking of getting ahead of issues and preparing your clients, <laughs> there's an article in Travel Weekly called U.S. Cruising Passengers Must Adapt to Ever-Changing Rules for Port Calls. So we just talked last week about the edge going out on its first departure from the U.S. I had a client, he sent me a picture yesterday. I can't even describe how big the smile was on my face to see this picture. <laughs> and that's what I wrote him back. Thank you so much for sharing this with me. I have the biggest smile on my face. The joy in his face and his partner's face was just fantabulous. Um, but a few days before they departed, we get the email that basically says, we thought you were going to be able to get off the ship on your own, but you're not. You have to take one of our curated experiences or something like that they used. Um, luckily, I mean, this would be one you couldn't get in front of, and he was fine with it, but I can't imagine if a client was angry because they booked thinking they were going to be able to get off the ship on their own, but it was kind of like a game time decision, which has to be done in some cases. Yeah, and I can only imagine the confusion and just trying to wrangle not just, you know, CDC guidelines for cruising, but also the local destinations, protocols for travelers and tourists. And there's a quote in here from Richard Fain, and it says, we are dealing with a hodgepodge of regulations and rules that would confuse the Dalai Lama. And I can just imagine him saying that. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Um, but it mentions that, you know, for this particular celebrity cruise, they were not able to get off the ship. Or if they did, they could only use one of their shore excursions. And then it was like, oh, no, it's OK. You can you can depart in the in the in the port area and go to the shops. Right. Or you can only stay within these certain bubbles or this approved taxi to get places. So it was all around confusion. But then just down the road was a Royal Caribbean ship and their passengers were able to disembark the ship in port and no problem. walk around and there were no, there was no issues. So this is definitely something you need to let your clients know in advance. Like things are changing. Like you could be told one thing and then while you're on the ship, something could change and they could just tell you, hey, I know we said this, but... This is what happened. So this is what we need to do. And that's exactly what happened. We booked the cruise thinking they were going to be able to get off a couple days prior. We're told, no, you have to take a curated experience. And then on the ship, they were told, oh, well, in Costa Maya, you can get off and just stay in the port area. So it was changing constantly. And the difference, too, with the Royal Caribbean ship was that they departed from Nassau. So it has to do with where you depart from, where you're porting, CDC guide. I mean, there's so many factors that go into it that we've got to tell our clients now, I know you're already booked. <laughs> Your money may be in penalty, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I want you to know that things, this is what I'm seeing. And so you need to be prepared. And hopefully they don't freak out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like here though that Celebrity did try to um, offer different things on the ship. So 
because they weren't able to get off and many people just didn't want to take an excursion. Um, it says here that so many people stayed on the ship in Cozumel that Luminae, the restaurant exclusively for sweet guests, opened for lunch to relieve the expected crush at other spots on board. So they are also needing to be flexible and you know, changing things around. And who knows, once people dined at Luminae, they might be like, you know what, this is really nice. I think I'm going to have to book a suite next uh-huh. time. <laughs> it, actually, this client, I did talk up to a suite and he was like, good call. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important for us to remember and convey to our clients, these cruise lines are truly doing the very best they can to make the most enjoyable experience. And there are yeah, certain things that are outside their control, but they are doing absolutely. their best. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case for every travel supplier right now is they're just managing the best they can because we never, I, we, we didn't expect things to come back so quickly. And I think there was one article that we had discussed prior where it's like, oh, no, things won't be back to normal until 2024. Well, it's 2021 and it's a bonkers. lot of hotels. Yeah. And a lot of hotels are already recovering, going back to pre COVID levels and, you know, they still have a lot of issues behind the scenes, things they had to do during COVID to stay afloat. Now they're having to deal with the repercussions of that, not being able to meet the usual service level pre-COVID. So all around, it's important to remind our clients that you're still going to have a good time if you have a mindset of flexibility. Yep. You're in control of your attitude. (laughs) Don't say it like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or say it like that. I mean. Well, I've noticed some conversations. One example was um, somebody was really angry saying, you know, the airlines need to do better. They got all this government funding. I can't believe, you know, these whole times and these cancellations and all of these things. And I agree. We're all frustrated. But what I don't understand is how the airlines could have prepared better. They didn't know. They could not have hired and trained people and predicted exactly when the bookings were going to start rolling in. And they were not financially stable. And I'm sure there's an argument on the other side of that, but I'm, you know, almost every supplier has been under fire in the last several weeks. And it's sort of like, yes, that's terrible, but they're all struggling. This is not like, they were just irresponsible and didn't bother to hire people. You know what I mean? It's like right, right. they had to time it financially perfectly to, to figure out when is money going to start coming in so we can hire people. And I think as, as advisors, we tend to, we don't usually have employees. If we have people on our teams, they're typically independent contractors. We don't have the level of responsibility that these suppliers have in having employees and what that costs. So I hope as much as we ask our clients to be flexible and forgiving, that maybe we can reach, you know, dig a little deeper and try to show some compassion and some grace as these Mm -hmm. suppliers are getting it together. It's awful. It's a bloodbath. I hate it, (laughs) but I do know we're going to get through to the other side and we just have to like do the best we can with what we have right now. And I'm bringing in Marie Kondo into this conversation mm. because she says things get messier before True. they get better. So as you're decluttering your house, as you're improving your house, it gets really, really messy. And you think that it's not improving at all, but the final product 
is better than you can imagine. Yep. So I think we're in the very messy state right now, but it's going to right itself. Things will be less chaotic, but we have just we just have to go through this one weird growing pain right now. I agree. Agreed. This other article from Travel Age West talks about um, consumer trends. And the study uh, is on how younger travelers want to book accommodations focused on diversity and inclusion. And there's new research from Expedia Group that indicates that nearly two-thirds of travelers, 65%, are more willing to book accommodations that have policies focused on diversity and inclusion, including those owned by women and or people of color, as well as those that are welcoming to the LGBTQ community and people with disabilities. These factors are more likely to influence the decisions of younger generations, with 77% of respondents under the age of 40 saying they are likely to book inclusive accommodations compared to 57% of respondents over 40. Mm -hmm. Those are pretty high numbers. Even for respondents over 40, that's 57%. Yep. From a business standpoint, if you are trying to grab the attention of millennials and Gen Z for the future of your business, this is important research to know. We need to know what their priorities are if we want to appeal to them. And I know a lot of advisors focus more on a little bit older clientele because they're more established and they tend to have a little more to spend. But eventually, you know, we have to be looking at the younger generations in order to keep our business flowing. And just as a reminder to our listeners, millennials are old now. We are in our mid to late 30s and early to mid 40s. We have mortgages. Many of us have children. And as an advisor who focuses a lot on busy professionals, mainly millennials, they have money. Mm -hmm. They have so much money to spend and they're willing to use an advisor to get what they want. Same and time. I just know yeah. that from experience. So when you think millennials, don't think the high school kid who can help you with social media on their summer breaks. We don't get summer breaks anymore. That would be <laughs> We don't get sure. summer breaks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, the article is quoted as saying social injustices of last year put a spotlight on equity and inclusion and the ongoing discourse changed people's ideas, behaviors, and expectations when it comes to travel. And we've seen some other articles where sustainability is important. We're just mm -hmm. seeing the values of travelers evolve and it seems to be in direct proportion to the lower the age, the more they're focused on um, their values when it comes to booking travel. And I think there's a trend where you want the money you spend to make a difference somehow. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not giving to a charity or donating it somewhere, like you want the money to spend to make an impact. And it even says in this article, you know, environmental protection, community impact, and now inclusion. These are some, some factors that really play a role when people make decisions and where they choose to spend their money, spend their time. 
And so it tells us that it's increasingly important for advisors to know their partner's values. Like what are our suppliers' values? Are they someone who really looks to uplift the community where they are? Do they work with local partners, local guides? You know, what is their sustainability? What is their impact? You know, a lot of these things and different things mean mean different things to other people. So, you know, one person might not really care while the other one does. Right. And it kind of goes along with when, when I think about selling travel to millennials, I know that millennials want something unique and authentic and not cookie cutter. And so all of these facts really make a lot of sense. And I want to go over some of the statistics from the article. It says, according to Expedia respondents in all surveyed markets, which were Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Japan, Mexico, the UK, and the US, are more likely to consider inclusive policies before booking, indicating that this is a widespread global trend. And it also says that the desire to choose accommodations with inclusive policies is only slightly higher among women at 67% than men at 62%. And one thing to remember too is, are they accommodating to people with disabilities as well? I think a Mm -hmm. lot of times that is left out of the conversation. And I know we had a guest on... Um, who was an autism travel specialist, Mm -hmm. Dina Farmer. And, you know, we hardly hear about how places are catering to children and people with autism or any other kind of different um, abilities where they need different accommodations. So that is something that I think travelers are considering as well, especially if they have that kind of need. Yep. Uh, Melissa Marr, Maher, Maher, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. She's the senior vice president of marketing and industry engagement at Expedia Group says, more than ever before, people are viewing travel as a reflection of their personal views and they are speaking with their dollars. That's, that's some hard truth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Make capitalism work for you. That's right. Um, So, Once again, if you are trying to speak to the younger generations who are traveling, it is important to understand what their priorities and their values are so that you can help them find what they're looking for, right? And I think this really speaks to one of the first things to do when you're trying to improve your marketing or even start working on a marketing plan. Who is your target market? And this is one of the things to consider is what are their values? Because then you can market appropriately to what is important to them. And one of the quotes in here that it, that ends the article um, is from Melissa Mayer or Mar. Mm-hmm. She is quoted as saying, travel opens minds and drives better understanding between people from different cultures and identities. So it's no surprise that travelers want those same values reflected in the places they choose to stay, cruise, drive, and fly. Businesses that demonstrate a genuine effort to be inclusive and welcoming to all travelers are going to come out on top. Do you want to come out on top, Corrine? Because I, I do. do. I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that appeals to me. Uh, not, I'm not saying like the specific views per se, but just people caring about their experience and where their dollars go. That is appealing to me. That is the type of client that I would enjoy working with. And that may not be the case for everyone. And I mean, on the flip side, there's definitely people who I'm hearing a lot now um, from advisors, like my clientele does not want 
COVID restrictions or they don't want to be vaccinated or they don't want to have to wear masks. And if that's your clientele, then those are the types of experiences you have to look for. You have to find the destinations and the suppliers and the properties that are going to cater to that type of client. So whatever it is that they're that is important to them and how they're going to spend their travel money, we need to know that about our clientele so that we can serve them better. I went to a TPI event last week and Jen Lee, I know we all know Jen Lee, um, the event was called Building Your Legacy. So thinking about the future of your business. Mm -hmm. And one thing she says, she's like, guys, everyone's going to die, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone's going to die. And um, one thing that one of the advisors in attendance said was, I need fresh blood and clients. Her -hmm. clients were all older Mm -hmm. and you know, that's the fact of life, you know, people do pass. And Mm -hmm. so she's like, I just need new clients. Well, if you need to know what younger clientele are thinking about whenever they're booking travel, you have your answer. Yeah. (laughs) And there's plenty of research out there to refer to if that's where you want to put your focus. And I personally am sort of coming up with a new trip concept that will be directed right at millennials. That's who I'm going to be speaking to, but I'm Gen X. So I have to do some learning to understand my target audience. And let me tell you guys, her new venture is really good. (laughs) Really, really good. (laughs) More to come on that. Uh, (laughs) Anywho, we have one other article from Travel Pulse that asks, are longer trips the new trend? I'm definitely seeing things move in that direction and I'm, sort of chalking it up to people just like making up for lost vacations. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's some actual data. So we love to talk about the data (laughs) again, if you're (laughs) looking for what people want right now. So global data's newest poll has found that lengthier holidays are on the rise as more people begin traveling again. The poll found that more than one in four travelers, 26% would prefer taking a trip of over 10 nights the second highest trip length in the survey. The most popular trip length stays between four and six nights at 28%, which that's not a huge margin. Yeah. And they said like, you know, some people have had financial difficulties Mm -hmm. as a result of the pandemic, but there are other folks who they have saved a ton of money. I'm seeing more of that. Honestly. Yeah. They're canceled vacation for one, whether it was credits or refunds, they have that saved money. Um, they have saved money from not being able to go out. I know for me personally, yes, that is true. To make it rain <laughs> on the travel. <laughs> I mean, within the past week, I bought tickets to like a comedian who's coming to Tampa and Pitbull's going to be in town this fall. I'm like, I'm buying up those tickets. I told myself the first Pitbull tour that happens post pandemic, I will be there. So <laughs> he's coming to Tampa in October. Actually, um, uh, sidebar on that note. I was not aware of just how much money I was spending just going out to dinner and drinks with friends. I mean, when everything shut down, I was like, I'm rich. I really had no idea how much I was spending on that stuff. And I know I'm not the only one. So there's lots Mm -hmm. of people who managed to pay off some credit cards and save some money and they're ready to go on a baller vacation. And guys, we're talking about our clients and not ourselves. Like 
as travel advisors, I know <laughs> yeah. that was not our experience. No. <laughs> but for some other folks who were not in the industry. We're getting a paycheck you know, still, but not going out to yes. dinner all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, people save money on gas. They didn't have to commute. They save money on a lot of other things. So that could play a role into why they want to extend their extend their vacations. Um, but also people are working from home now. A lot of folks have switched from, you know, going to the office to a more quote unquote digital nomad yep. kind of lifestyle. So not spending money that, on gas, yes. not spending money on work clothes. Yep. At least not on work pants, just on work shirts exactly. for those Zoom calls. <laughs> or they're just wearing their old ones because they don't have to yeah. keep updating. Yep. Um, so I... I can't say that my clients are spending more time away. Um, I would say two weeks has been the max for what my clients are looking at. But I do know that they are booking more frequent trips mm. um, because of the PTO. They've kind of saved up from not going on vacation the past year and a half. Um, I have a set of clients. They just booked their third trip for 2021. And they're going to Greece in a month, actually. It so was like super last kind minute. Of people, I love it. Yeah. So they were just so busy working this past year and a half, and they can't take a super long time away from work, but they can take multiple trips, and that's what they've been doing. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, one of the things they talk about is one of the incentives to stay for longer, and I've definitely seen this with Canadian friends, uh, is because of the trouble, uh, like, testing, needing a test to get there. If not, needing a test to get back, whatever it is, because of the hassle, they just want to make the most of it. So if they're going to go through the hassle, they're just going to blow it out. It's very similar to how sometimes we run into this a lot. Someone's say going to fly to Australia. And so they're like, oh, well, then I want to go to Fiji and New Zealand too. And you're like, well, I understand that <laughs> since you're flying all the way over there, you want to make the most of it. But um, are we going for three months or what? Yeah. It's like they're close, but not that close. Yeah. I get it. I see where you're coming from, but I'm just not yeah. sure that that's what you want to be doing. Um, but I would say I do see people willing to upgrade a little more, maybe spend a couple more days, but not a huge trend like is described in this study. I'm curious to know how some of our listeners are are seeing that yeah if you what tell us what the longest trip a client has requested from you is like is it like a four-week trip you know and and what are the details to that is it like they bring their kids with them because they have virtual school we want to know well i i did actually get a request for um rome florence and the amalfi coast in six nights recently so we had to have some conversations and now they're just going to Rome. And I'm definitely steering my clients away from multi-country trips right mm -hmm. now because just the pain in the butt of everything you need to do. Um, but a lot of people are like, no, I'm taking this trip now. I'm going for it. I have cabin fever. So uh, anyway, the data says longer trips are on the rise. We're not seeing it that much, so we're curious to know if you are. Shall we dive into excess baggage? I think it's time. Okay. 
It's time for Excess Baggage, which is a speed round of headlines. Did everybody get their shots ready for the for the drinking game? <laughs> is it so? I've already, I've already started, but I was taking sips, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna open my bottle. Be right ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Weekly, Tropical Storm Elsa made landfall in Cuba on July 5th after leaving at least three people dead in the Dominican Republic in St. Lucia. Another one from them reports that the Transportation Department will propose that airlines be required to refund fees on checked bags if the bags aren't delivered to passengers quickly enough. An article from Travel Pulse says that Delta Airlines and Virgin Atlantic will resume operations at London Heathrow Airport's Terminal 3 beginning on July 15th. They also report that on July 6th, Royal Caribbean International's Jewel of the Seas departed on a two-night preview sailing from Cyprus ahead of the July 10th inaugural cruise that will start a summer series of seven-night itineraries to the Greek Isles. Travel Agent Central says that the Antigua and Barbuda, I had to look up how to pronounce that, Tourism Authority on July 3rd welcomed the start of nonstop service on JetBlue from Newark to Antigua. The new service will operate three times a week on Saturdays, Mondays, and Wednesdays. Another headline from them says that Crystal emphatically denies claims that its river fleet is for sale. According to Travel Market Report, the CDC is appealing Florida's win against the conditional sale order. They also report that American Airlines is suing GDS provider Sabre in an attempt to prevent it from rolling out its new airline storefront to its users, something that American says favors its competitors. Recommend Magazine reports that cruises aboard the celebrity Flora set sail on July 4th to the Galapagos Islands, marking the cruise line's return to the Galapagos, which will be followed by Celebrity Expedition on July 24th and Celebrity Exploration on September 18th. An insider travel report says that Rocky Mountaineer on July 5th launched its 2021 season, marking its return to the rails after the forced suspension of its entire 2020 season. Though through July, Rocky Mountaineer will operate a reduced schedule as it ramps up operations to the full schedule in August. It's also focusing on the Canadian market for now until Canada fully opens up its borders to U.S. visitors. These days, I don't have to search for a high note to end on, and I'm loving it, but just for fun, an article from afar says that the Coliseum's underground passages have reopened to the public. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Are you not entertained? (laughs) Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. And we are still taking guest requests Mm -hmm. or type of guest requests. So please feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or send us an email at hello at the tin lounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye.